You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. Welcome to Around the Arena's Kiama Community Radio sports program, where you can regularly hear what's happening in sport across the region. In Rugby League news, Group 7 Rugby League have appointed Ashton Sims as the operations manager of Group 7 Rugby League. Ashton is a former player who has played the game at the highest level, having played Australian schoolboys in 2002 before playing for St George Illawarra, the Brisbane Broncos and the North Queensland Cowboys in the NRL, and then moving overseas to link with the Warrington Wolves and the Toronto Wolfpack, playing a total of 368 top-level games. Ashton also represented Fiji from 2008 to 2017. A Jerringong local who played his junior footy with Jerringong and attending Kaima High School, he comes into the role with a wealth of football experience, and I'm confident Ashton will acquit himself well in the role. It is really unfortunate, though, that one of his first duties in his new role is that he's had to close down the Group 7 competition in both seniors and juniors in response to the COVID crisis. Following a directive from the New South Wales Rugby League in response to the New South Wales Health Lockdown Directives. With the Group 7 Rugby League competition now cancelled for the season, I thought I'd get a comment from Kaima Knights captain Kieran Poole and find out what the players think of no footy this weekend. Given the COVID situation, I spoke to Kieran via Zoom, so the sound quality will differ from that of the palatial around the arena sports studio. So, Kieran, firstly, welcome to Kaima Community Radio. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Kieran, how did the players take the, the competition sort of ending so abruptly? I don't think anyone across the whole group's too, ha- too happy with not being able to play football. But um, I sort of, I think the way the way the world's going at the moment, I, I know the group would have done all they can to get it up and going. But I'm sure all the players sort of sort of, sort of see it coming, I think. Okay, and what do you do now? I mean, um, you know, your sport um, takes up a lot of time with training and travel and, and playing, and so you're still in contact with the guys. What, are, what do you put the energy into now? Uh, our team, we've got a bit of a group chat. Well, we've, we've had a group chat every year, so still been in contact. Um, during the sort of the, what, the waiting period, our coach, Mark Laird, was sort of in contact as much as he could. It was sort of up. It was just up in air, and we, I know they didn't want to make any decisions until they had all the protocols and knew what was going to happen. So it was a bit of bit of waiting. We tried to have a few training runs here and there, but it's it's a bit hard to commit because we have blokes living in Albion Park and we're real oh, Shell Harbour area as well. So not everyone could be there at every training and stuff like that. So it was a bit bit hard. And you got those brand new lights at Kaima Sports Ground at Kaima Showground. Sorry. And you can't use them. What a downer. Yeah, so we saw that. Lady sent a photo of that as well. Looks looks unreal up there. So <laughs> that's disappointing. Hopefully it'll stop us uh, dropping the ball at training because uh, <laughs> you, you see silhouettes sometimes looking one way. So, yeah, I've, I've been past where the lights are on. They're certainly fantastic. And, um, looks good. Yeah, maybe you'll be able to get a few night games in. Yeah, well, it's been, it has been a while since I think the last night game was – I don't know, 2015, I can remember we played a couple of games up there, but we haven't, haven't in years. But it's about also, could be about utilising the ground a bit better to get more sport 
played over the weekend. It's pretty tough with uh, with a yeah. number of, of teams and and the, and the and the clubs trying to use it now. But anyway, no, it's a great thing for the area. Fantastic. Yeah, for sure. So listen, I don't want to embarrass you, but I, and you might want to answer this question. But I know you're pretty close to 200 games, mate. So it must be a bit of a, a downer for you not to be able to get there this year. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was coming around the corner. I, I knew I was in the 190s anyway. And I think I was as of last year as well in the, the comp comp shut down last or oh, started late last year and I knew I was going to be thereabouts then. So, yeah, I don't know. You've been sitting in the nervous 90s for a few years now. I think, yeah, I think I was, I would have been at least late 80s. So I was, I was close. I would have been close 2020. So I certainly hope you can get it done uh, done next year maybe I might have a scoop here if you're going to go around again next year to get your 200 games in because I don't think you can't get it this year yeah well it's not happening this year so we'll see we'll have to well, see you keep your cards pretty close to your chest so good on you well listen thanks very much for talking to me today I really uh, really wish you well and uh, and next year hope to be able to, to congratulate you on 200 games so thanks for talking to me today Kieran thanks Glenn no worries in happier rugby league news, prior to the statewide lockdown, the Kaima High School under-13 league team competed in the semi-finals of the Country Cup, played at Wagga Wagga recently. The team won their first game against Red Band 30-0, with Phoenix Johns scoring a hat-trick of tries, while outstanding efforts were put in by Samuel Guevara, Tawiramu Harris, Jet Brookfield, Asher Chapman and Levi and Lakem Pooching. The team won their second game 24-8 and now progressed to play the winners of the Northern Area during Term 4. Hopefully the lockdown will be lifted and the competition will continue. Good luck to the team going forward. KCR, Kiama Community Radio.org. For the community, by the community. With summer sport being planned for currently, I've seen posters around town promoting registration for junior cricket. If you're interested in playing this summer, in Gerringong you can contact gcc.newsouthwales.cricket.com.au in Kiama, www.kiamacricketclub.com.au and in Jamboree, www.jamboreecc.com and register. With cricket now front of mind, I thought I'd rerun a classic cricketing story about the day a local cricketer, Steve Norris, nominated his shot and knocked the ball over the pickets to an abet. I love this story, so I'll let Bill Peters, our resident cricketing historian, tell it. Thanks, Bill. In the days long before 2020 cricket had been formulated and turned into the dollar-driven, colour-laden machine that it is today, short of the South Coast was still prevalent. And during their time in existence, they provided as much enjoyment and festivity as the marketable version does today. One event that was always enjoyable at its time was held and run by the Albion Park Cricket Club. In the late 1980s and early 1990s, the Albion Park Six-A-Side competition was held on a Sunday, generally in February each season. All clubs were encouraged to enter teams in the event, as well as clubs from outside of the South Coast District. Some even entered more than one. Games started at about 8am, both on Keith Gray Oval and on Albion Park Showground, now called Des King Oval. Teams fielded six players, and games were played over five eight-ball overs per side. Each player, except the nominated wicketkeeper, had to bowl one over, with run-ups to be kept to a minimum of four metres, 
which were marked at each end, while the five fielders tried to find the best spot to field where they would be most effective. Two matches will be played in tandem, with the first match having the first team bat, followed by the second match having the first team bat. The first match would then have its concluding innings, followed by the second match's conclusion. This kept the day moving with few interruptions and allowed the players to rest between innings. It was a great concept and a terrifically fun day to not only participate in, but to watch for players and spectators alike. Once the finals were reached, all games were moved up to the showground, where all players and spectators would congregate to watch the conclusion of the day. I couldn't tell you who won this competition over the years. By the end of the day, you were either too plastered to recall, if you were knocked out in the early rounds, or too buggered from chasing a ball around all day, if you happened to make it through to the final rounds. I know that Keimer had a team in for three consecutive years in the 1990s with a solid playing squad. Brett Gregory, Darren Gregory, Steve Norris, Jason Wills, Scott Dansman, Peter Nethercliffe, Steve Hulls, David Bright and your humble correspondents were just some of the players who were in the squad during those days. We entered because it was a fun way to enjoy our cricket after the serious nature of our first grade seasons at the time and we all enjoyed each other's company both on and off the field. We also wanted to win but the games were spectacular and it was fun times to be had. My favourite memory of the year Kaima made the semi-finals of the tournament only to be faced with a juggernaut. Sydney grade club Campbelltown had, in recent times, been drawing upon some of the best South Coast cricketers and bringing them to the Sydney competition to show their wares. Amongst them included Shane Lee, Kerry Penfold and Graham Smith, just to name a few. With a local flavour in the club, they had been encouraged to enter a team in that year's competition. They were obviously a team to beat. The team they had to beat to make the final? Kayama. Kayama had a good team that year, and by making the semi-final, we thought we were a sneaky chance of taking out the title. Even when we were drawn against Campbelltown All-Stars, we still thought we might be a chance. Losing was never really an option when you had Gregory's and Norris's and Wills's in the team anyway. Campbelltown batted first and set a fairly tough target. Our reply stuttered upon the disciplined and well-drilled bowling, and victory seemed a long way off. Steve Norris was our second-to-last batsman, and when he came to the crease, Kyman needed a miracle. The talk had been animated before he was required, with plenty of helpful suggestions from batsmen who had already failed to produce the goods. KCC non-playing supporter John Sincotta had teased Steve with the promise of a case of beer if he could hit a six. It soon became obvious that Steve was going to be batting when Shane Lee, who had only just recently begun his first-class career with New South Wales, was bowling his over. This led to John doubling his offer if he could hit Shane Lee for six. Jason Wills' stumps went cartwheeling, and Steve strode to the crease. It was a marvellous sight, Steve with his blue shorts and his white cricket shirt hanging out untidily, his thigh guard wrapped loosely over his upper left leg, gloves being pulled on, his hat slightly cocked to the left. He asked for um, for centre and checked his guard. He then looked to the left and then the right, checking where the sparse feelers had been placed. Then, with Shane standing just a metre behind the stumps uh, at the bowl at the top of his run-up, Steve raised his bat and in baseball fashion, he pointed towards Miss Midwicket, calling his shot. The crowd loved it, the theatricality of the moment defining the fun atmosphere of the contest. Shane ran in and obligingly dropped the ball short and it rising up into his ribcage. But anyone who had seen Steve Norris bat knows that he is a compulsive puller. An instinct took over. As Shane and the Campbelltown boys' eyes followed, Steve swung the ball high and handsome, well over the mid-wicket into the crowd, sitting in the bleachers. And they went wild. It was a perfect moment, one that captured the fun and enjoyment of the competition. 
and it cost John two cases of beer. No, he didn't pull off a miracle and win the game, but Steve's moment had defined how that form of the game was played, as a fun day where players from all clubs mixed on the field and socially off the field. It was a shame when the plug was pulled. It is the kind of event that sometimes I think could still work today, on so many levels. And in the days before widespread video cameras and camera phones were available, it is just the memories of moments like the day Steve Norris called his shot that remain. That's all I have time for this week, but if you'd like your sport to be part of the program, contact me at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. I'm Glenn Shepherd, and I hope to see you around one of our sporting arenas. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly, heart of Kiama. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.